Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God the Father and from the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God which we will consider today is uh, found in the Old Testament prophet Isaiah chapter 40. There we read verses 1 through 8 as follows in Jesus' name. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak to the heart of Jerusalem and call out to her. Her warfare really is over. Her guilt is fully paid for. Yes, she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice is calling out, In the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord. In the wasteland make a level highway for our God. Every valley will be raised up and every mountain and hill will be made low. The rugged ground will become level and the rough places will become a plain. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all flesh together will see it. Yes, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice was saying, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry out? All flesh is grass and all its beauty is like a wild flower in the countryside. Grass withers, flowers fade when the breath of the Lord blows on them. Yes, the people are grass. Grass withers, flowers fade, but the word of our God endures forever. These are the words, Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, dear fellow redeemed, the ambulance is on the way. The police are on the way. The fire truck is on the way. If we can possibly avoid it, we don't like to have to say or to hear any of those particular announcements. It means someone is in trouble. It means that a dangerous and stressful incident or event is occurring. But if we are personally in the midst of it, if we're the endangered or injured or victimized person, then those very same words are really quite comforting and encouraging. Help is on the way. Likewise, the words of our text today remind us and announce our Savior is on the way. In listening, we say that's a comforting message, and that's a message which calls for preparation, and it's a message for all times. The prophet Isaiah speaks here about a period in time when the people of Israel living in Jerusalem, were in dire need of God's help. Danger was on the way. The Babylonian army was coming, and most of the citizens of Jerusalem would be captured and dragged away to live in exile far from home. For a period of 70 years, they would languish, being separated from their friends and families and their homes. Worst of all, separated from the temple and the worship of the one true God. This terrible event wouldn't be an accident. This was a self-inflicted injury. It was brought on by their stubborn desire to worship idols and their purposeful disobedience and ignorance of God's word. 
an entire generation now would live their lives as captives and slaves a thousand miles away. So how great for them to finally hear these words. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Before this, the prophet was given harsh words of warning to deliver. And now the message has changed. The indictment is to be followed by words of consolation. In spite of their rebellion, God still loves his people. He still calls them my own. That message is for us also to hear. As we wander through this uh, world and this life, we are subject to the captivity of sin. And we have to admit it strangely Uh, that condition does not always seem to us so unpleasant. Likewise, many of the Israelites became settled and comfortable during the decades of their bondage in Babylon. It became home, and the prospect of leaving there could not have been so very appealing. So our old sinful nature also makes itself quite at home here on earth among its riches and its enticements. We have to be reminded again and again that those objects which seem to make us happy here can actually become bars on the windows that separate us from God. So the message Israel needed to hear, we also need to hear. Speak to the heart of Jerusalem and call out to her, Her warfare really is over. Her guilt is fully paid for. Yes, she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. What could be better for people ravaged by war than to hear that the war is over? It's death and sorrow and terror. It's over. For Israel, this meant that Babylon's stranglehold over them would soon be broken and all those captured and exiled could go home free. Through the coming of Jesus Christ, whose birth we celebrate this week, sin's power and the death that sin brings has been defeated. By his own holy, sinless life and his innocent suffering and death, For us on the cross and his resurrection from the dead, sin has been entirely paid for and death's reign over us has been ended. Now we, each one of us by faith, have personally that peace the angels sang about when Jesus was born. It means we can depart in peace at life's end and enter into our real homeland in heaven. We can be confident of this because through the baby of Bethlehem our sins are all forgiven. Now in his name and for his sake God declares you and me not guilty. In fact this news was to ring out loud and clear. She has received double for all her sins. Though the people of Israel could do nothing to make amends for the debt that they had incurred against God he would nevertheless allow them to receive good things in double proportion to the punishment she deserved. Not only are we spared the just punishment of our sins, but on top of that, we are granted also the riches of eternal life in heaven. 
both undeserved, but a double gift of the Lord's unearned love for us in Christ. So the Apostle John wrote of Jesus coming into the world and of his fullness we have all received and grace for grace. Our Savior is on the way. That's the Advent message of comfort we should love to hear and love to share with others. But for that message to be appreciated, preparation must be made. We read, A voice is calling out, In the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord. In the wasteland make a level highway for our God. Every valley will be raised up and every mountain and hill will be made low. The rugged ground will become level and the rough places will become a plain. How could a sick person appreciate the healing medicine being administered unless he's first of all convinced that he's really ill? How could a captive exile cherish freedom if he's unaware that he's in bondage? So how could the blessings of the Savior mean very much to someone who doesn't believe he's all that sinful? The deep valley of our indifference and the big mountain of our self-pride would block that good news of Christ from reaching our hearts. The valleys and the mountains and the rough places then all have to be dealt with and that happens by repenting. That is, by being aware of our sins, knowing just what they are, that they're something that deserves God's abiding wrath and condemnation, things that would block us from being able to go home to heaven. We should acknowledge our sins as being our own. We should take full responsibility for them and can confess them sincerely to God. As that happens... The Holy Spirit, through the voice of the law, leads us to repent. And as that happens, the highway to the heart is all clear. It's wide open. And on it, the baby born of Mary travels with what our souls need the most, forgiveness of sin and salvation from hell. Then we understand the full cost of our being rescued and we want to thank and praise God with our voices and lives. Then the glory will be revealed, our text says, and all flesh together will see it. Yes, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is how God reveals his true glory by his word, by making known to us his love for us as we gaze upon the Savior he sent. On the last day, the Savior who is arriving now in the preaching of the gospel and with his own body and blood in holy communion and in the water of our baptism, he will arrive for the judgment of the world and for the deliverance of all those who believe this gospel. Our Savior is on the way. Finally, we say this is a message that's intended for all people of all time. A voice was 
saying, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry out? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like a wildflower in the countryside. Grass withers, flowers fade when the breath of the Lord blows on them. Yes, the people are grass. Grass withers, flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. Nothing on earth endures forever. Everything changes and will finally disappear. The voice heard now speaks of the transience, the frailty of this world and life in this world. Here everything is temporary. The world's glory can't endure. So it happened that the proud and mighty Babylonian empire, which imprisoned all of its neighbors, would one day be brought down and run over. What the world calls beautiful can't endure. Beauty and power flee. For now, God preserves the world for us and everything in it, everything we need each day. But on the last day, he will destroy it all with fire. We're not meant to live here always. But the word of our God stands forever. And it tells us, that the Savior is on the way. If the world should still be standing a thousand years from now, all of us, of course, will be gone. But this Advent message of the Savior will endure. The message of him who came to us as a newborn, who comes to us now in his word of grace, and who will come again for the judgment, that message will still be spoken, and it will still be read and believed by some. God will always preserve his word and the preaching of it and the hearing of it and the relying upon it. Jesus promised the gates of hell will not prevail against it. This message will always convict hearts and lead to repentance of sin. It will always comfort God's people with the good news that the war is over, sin is forgiven, and the double grace of the Lord, which gives heaven, is offered and received. May God grant that we remember this message. Our Savior is on the way. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forevermore. Amen.